Hey everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Steam Machine Podcast. My name is Dalton and joining me this week is my good buddy. It's Nate, Turtle Bear Man. What's up everybody? And let's go ahead and just address this right off the bat. I bet you were expecting to see Full Throttle show up in your download list because that's what I plugged the past two episodes that we released <laughs> last week. Um, unfortunately, uh, Willie came down with a, a cold or something. It's not COVID. It's not COVID. Um, but, you know, he's he's feeling under the weather. So, Nate was like, why don't we push Full Throttle? I mean, you cover a short, like a real short game. And I was like, brilliant. Let's fucking do it. And we chose Creavers which is going to be the game that we're talking about today. And, uh, man, good choice. I have to say, like, we made a good choice. Um, yeah, it was funny because me and Dalton were looking through the short games list because Dalton has a file he's put together. It has everything on it that's under a certain amount of time. So we were just looking for things like two hours and below, basically. And this one really jumped out to me. And I think Dalton really liked the aesthetic when we were starting to look at pictures of it and stuff. So we decided to go with this one. Yeah, like he said. Pretty good choice. I'm pretty happy with how it went out for us. Yeah, so, Willie, we hope you feel better, buddy, and we will be getting full throttle next week, um, and we'll be back on the normal schedule. But uh, let's... there. So, <laughs> there is no Wikipedia page for Creavers, my good sir. Um, not too not surprising. One. Not too surprising at all. <laughs> <laughs> but what I can tell you, uh, good listeners, is that it's on Steam, and it costs four ninety nine, um, and there is a page on Tropopedia, um, which I assume is just a site that collects game tropes. I, I don't know. I haven't looked more into it, but this is like the only site that came up when I searched for Creavers Wiki, and it says that Creavers is a two thousand eleven puzzle platformer by Muse Games for PC and Mac. Uh, you play as five quote unquote Creavers. Uh, each with a unique ability that helps you traverse the environment. Um, and you do you control two in tandem, which I thought was a cool little mechanic. You know what I'm saying? That you had to work yeah. together. Um, the story is as follows. And I don't know where they got this from. I didn't piece this together from the game <laughs> itself. But I, the story is as follows. Much has changed in recent memory. The forest swirling light, once plentiful, is now cast so thin that you can barely see through the darkness. The symphonic night has gone quiet, save a lone voice. The forest is calling. It needs your help. You know what must be done, how to save the mother forest. Will you? Go gather the others. They are waiting. Together you must venture deep into the forest to bring her back from the brink. Hurry, before the light is lost. Now that's a really cool little description for this game that gives you no indication of that that I saw. <laughs> yeah, no, it kind of just drops you off with your first character bitey who looks kind of like a cat and you just kind of go from there but yeah like there's little cutscenes that are very non-descriptive as well throughout the game but i don't know how you would have gotten the story i guess it's just one of those things you have to read the game description of to understand it all but i didn't think the story was too critical to the gameplay itself so i was okay with it <laughs> now this game could have had no story and it still would have been just as good you know um so my first my first impression you brought up that I was digging the aesthetic and that was the thing that jumped out to me the most. This game looks really cool. Yeah, completely agree. It's absolutely beautiful. The color palettes they use, especially like going from area to area where there's slight changes, but it's always that really interesting kind of neon retro wave experience of it. Yeah, yeah, and 
we I saw uh, in some of the comments, and I think you mentioned this to me too, that people were complaining about the controls for the game. Yeah. Now, I don't know if they were complaining like using the keyboard. Maybe they were playing with keyboard and it was a little more difficult for them. I played with a controller, and I had zero issues. I don't know about you. Yeah, I actually completely agree, because like, I remember looking at the reviews, thinking, like, uh, it says it has bad controls, but it still looked interesting enough for me to want to play. I had zero experience with bad controls in this game. I don't know what the reviews there on Steam were talking about. I felt like everything did exactly what I wanted it to do as I pressed the buttons, so I have zero complaints in that regard either. Yeah, and... I mean, it's an indie game for four ninety nine, so you can't go into it expecting again that Nintendo polish or something like that. You know what I'm saying? But for like a little indie ditty, bro, like it controlled perfectly good compared to some other shit that we've played. That like yeah, like that Duke Nukem game. Oh God, which that's not even indie. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah, that was exactly. done by a big studio. This game was an indie studio that controlled so much better than that. <laughs> um. Now, I see that you've got kind of marked out the order that you meet the characters. So, do we want to talk about the characters? We can kind of run through that. Yeah, sure. Why not? Um, just like I was saying a little bit earlier, you start off as this character called Bitey. And it looks like a little cat. And their ability is basically they can growl at the enemies to make them not be aggressive anymore. Kind of like a grrr. He He almost reminded me of the Cheshire Cat. Yeah. But, big Cheshire yeah. Cat vibes, for sure. And, like, his abilities were, like, that growl, and then, like, there's, like, nuts hanging from the trees and whatever. He can use his teeth to bite and grab onto them. Yeah, and that's kind of how you can traverse some areas, is you kind of hop between those getting across. Yeah. Uh, And then, like, I remember the, like, uh, I guess the flying enemies don't come in until you get the next character. Right. Which um, was Pokey? Pokey, yep. I kept wanting to call him Spike. It, yeah, like it's understandable because he's kind of like a he's kind of like a porcupine looking dude. Yeah, and he's got the big spikes on his back, and his little ability is that he can shoot them like uh, out of his back towards these enemies, and that comes in handy with these damn parrots or whatever they are that are yeah. flying around. <laughs> Macaws, I don't know, they're annoying as hell though, because if you don't see them or you hit them and then you don't get across in time and then they come back. If they attack you, I think two or three times, then it will reset you back to your last checkpoint, which the checkpoints are cool shit. They're like these little, I don't even know. They're like these windy vine things. But when you go up and go around them, they kind of flower up and this yeah luminescence comes out of it. It's a really pretty design choice and for them. I really like that too. Yeah. And, I never ran into, like, I ran into some spots where it was like, hmm, what do I do here? But it never felt impossible. Right. You know? like, it's a, they said it's a puzzle platformer in the description, and I think it's a light puzzle, more platformer. Like, there's times where you have to figure out, like, because what Dalton was saying earlier is you control two characters at once once you start meeting the other characters, and you kind of kind of figure out how to use both of them together to achieve certain things. But it's light puzzles. Once you look at it for a couple seconds, you're like, oh, yeah, I can use this guy here to do this while using the other guy to get across. It kind of starts to make sense. Yeah, like, for instance, there might be a vine that you can climb, and then three of those fruits or nuts hang in there, and then another vine. Well, Pokey can't jump that distance. But if you use Bitey and climb up and hop to that middle fruit and hang there, you can then use Pokey to climb up and jump and grab onto Bitey's tail and then use his tail to swing to the one that you couldn't get to before. Because Pokey uh, is a bit of a bigger creature, so he's a little slower. He doesn't jump as high, doesn't jump as far. Um, 
but when you meet him, he does give you dabs. And <laughs> I thought that was awesome. And for listeners, if you don't know what dabs are, it's like fist bump. He's yeah. just like, he holds out his fist and you guys fist bump. And I'm like, yeah, motherfucker, you're cool. <laughs> yeah. So like we're saying, like the first stage, like the way it's designed is you have like an, an environment and that the environment has three stages. So you start off on the forest floor, which is where at the, I think it's at the end of the first stage of that you meet Pokey. And we were telling you, he's like the um, kind of porcupine hedgehog guy that shoots spikes out of his back. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just continue on with him. And then you go to the second type of area, which is the tree trunk, which is more vertical, which where you're really having to use Bitey to help um, Pokey get around because Pokey, he's slow and doesn't jump very high. And so that's where you use Bitey to make additional platforms for him, like using his tail as a vine. And this is where I think, too, you start running into the the little red mushrooms that you can hit. And there's like three small ones and you'll hit them and it'll, it'll either make a big bigger red mushroom get bigger so you can now get to another area or it'll make it smaller so you can pass by it it just depends on the situation yeah it's like when you're in like any kind of game where you have to put push a few triggers to make an event happen that's kind of what it is like yeah and it makes it clear that's what you're doing this is what i mean has good level design this game does have good level design because the first time you run into something like that you'll accidentally rock walk over the first mushroom and it'll make a sound like oh, okay so this is what i'm supposed to be doing is finding these mushrooms yeah it dings and it shrinks so it's like it gives you a visual and an audio cue that it's like hey you just did something you should probably find more of those and do that again <laughs> Right, which is definitely yeah. a sign that this game has really considered its level design when it was being made because it introduced a new mechanic, taught you how to use it immediately without showing you. You know, it's like a sh- not without telling you, kind of like the show not tell mechanic, and it's designed in such a way that it makes perfect sense. Yeah, and uh, one thing that I did enjoy is that when you got the new characters, like they would give you like two little paragraphs on the screen that were kind of just placed in the background that would tell you like. This, this thing's ability, like, uh, for, I'll jump ahead a little bit, and then we can go back and talk about the first boss, but, like, when you meet Zappy, and it tells you, yeah, if you press X, you know, it puts out an electric pulse, and you can do that to these mushrooms, or you can use it on enemies, and then it's like, boom, that's all you needed to do for that, and that's all it tells you, and then it's like, go out, and then all the rest of it, you just go out and figure out yourself, but they just give you quick little, here's how it works, go have fun, there's no, like, tutorial for each character, and things like that. Um, now, what did you think of the boss fights? I thought that was interesting. The uh, the Goliath Trout. Yeah. <clears throat> so the Goliath Trout comes directly after the tree trunk. And <clears throat> in my opinion, that was my favorite stage in the entire game. Because instead of being like a traditional boss fight where like in a Mario game, you got to shoot. Like, say you're playing Mario 2, you got to throw a bunch of bombs at the mouser, right? This one, no. It's just like a stage that you play. But the way they designed it is in such a way that... You have to do an entire section as Bitey, then an entire section as Pokey simultaneously because you can switch between your two characters. And then they have to meet up in the middle of the stage and start performing the rest of the stage together. I thought that was a brilliant design decision because like you had to do all of Pokey's stuff, all of Bitey's stuff, and then just put, put it all together at the end. So you don't really, it's not really feel like a boss fight. It's more like just another stage, but an extremely well-designed stage that you're just trying to get to the top so you can defeat the trout guy. I really liked it. What did you think about it? It it was a cool culmination of everything that you had learned in the past, like, you know, three to six levels of getting your bearings. And it was like, all right, well, all that stuff that you just figured out how to do, you now have to incorporate it all to get through this level while avoiding 
you know, the boss throwing stuff at you and stuff like that. And I thought it was really cool. I, I thought it was really a neat idea. Um, I really enjoy being able to swap between the characters, you know, at a press of a button and utilizing that in the way that they did was very interesting. And I just, I thought it was fun. Like it, uh, my mind just blanked on the word I was looking for. And it was almost innovative. Like I haven't seen many games take where you've gotten the two characters and they have to use their stuff to get through the thing and then, then work together to get to the top. Usually when they split characters, you have to finish the level split, at least in my experience and stuff that I've played. So I thought it was a, yeah, a very cool uh, design choice. Yeah. I definitely enjoyed that a lot about it. And that, that was a really interesting thing too, is I think it was a unique idea because I don't know of too many games that do that where you play as two different characters where you swap between them. And I just thought that was a really interesting idea. And I, I saw some people complaining about the mechanics saying, well, you have to do the same section twice because you got to play as both characters. But you don't because there's sections where like the other ability that Pokey has is there's like walls that he can climb that he will also then leave spikes in the wall so your other characters can climb it. Mm-hmm. So he has to go that way, whereas Bitey could go up the vines a different way. Quick thing about that. I thought it was a nice little detail that they animated him reaching to his back and pulling a spike out whenever yeah. he was climbing. Like they didn't have to do that. They could have just made it appear in his hand as he climbed, but like they made him reach around and pull one out of his back and stick it. I thought that was cool. Yeah. Keep in mind, all these characters are super neon design. So it looks really cool too. Cause you have this, he's pulling this bright spike out of his back and plugging it into the wall and then doing it again. So you just have all these bright yeah. colors. It's just really cool. Yeah. Well, one of the, Tropedia descriptions of this game is bio bioluminescence is cool the game (laughs) (laughs) and it's like yeah dude it's absolutely like bioluminescence looks really cool and that's everything about this game and yeah i i love the fucking because this game used a lot of purples blues reds like greens and things Mm -hmm. like that and very neon but also muted darks and stuff and dude it just it really popped like it, it really like popped on the screen and running it at the max graphics. I was, I thoroughly was just like, I pleased. Yeah. As I, weird as that sounds. <laughs> I definitely ran this at max graphics too. Cause I didn't think there was any reason not to run a 2011 game. And <laughs> yeah. it's the highest graphics setting. Now I did play in windowed mode. Cause I wasn't sure that if I had didn't, if it would have stretched out the graphics. So I played it in a smaller window on my screen rather than a full screen. How did you experience that? Did you play a full uh, screen? Yeah, I played in full screen. Um, did everything still look good? Yeah, it looked fine to me. It, um, I actually didn't even try it in windowed. I'd be curious to, you know, what the difference is. But yeah, it didn't look stretched or anything like that. Okay, that was my concern and the reason I didn't play it in the full screen mode. So after, the, after you beat that boss, you then move on. I honestly thought that that was the end of the game. I was like, oh, okay. And I was perfectly happy <laughs> with that. I was like, that was a cool little experience. Whatever, five bucks. Um, but then you moved on to the swamp and when you get into the swamp, that's where you meet Zappy. And I, is he just like a lizard with a light on the top of his head? I don't know if he's supposed to be an electric eel with who's evolved some, I don't. <laughs> so what he seemed like to me is, you know, those, uh, angler fish, I think they're called that have that bioluminescent thing on top of its head. It kind of yeah. reminded me of a mix between that and a lizard. And yeah, he was really cool because he was just this lizard that had the speed of Bitey. So he played more like Bitey as far as platforming and everything goes, but he didn't have the bite. He had this thing where he could shoot electricity out of that bulb on the top of his head, which would scare away enemies and could light up these mushrooms that you had to light up to move on in the stage. Yeah. 
and that was another cool little aspect that they added in where it was like now um, at the little checkpoints, you could swap between Bitey and um, Zappy. I almost called him Shocky. Damn, I'm getting all of these names wrong. <laughs> yep. You can uh, switch between Bitey and Zappy and, you know, there might be sections where you need Bitey. So you go and you switch to him and you get through and then at the next checkpoint you switch back to Zappy because now there's a big shade of darkness that you can't go forth until you use Zappy to light up all the mushrooms that are like these golden mush. These mushrooms look like you should electrocute them. Mm-hmm. You know, like they yeah. did a good job at being like, hey, you should probably try to shock these things that look like they should be shocked. <laughs> yeah. And I thought that was a really cool mechanic they introduced there too because I was like, okay, so now I've got this third character. Are we going to have to make all three characters get through the same little area in their own unique different ways or are they going to come up with a mechanic so you don't have to do that and the mechanic they used was if you're at a checkpoint you can swap out one of your characters for another character so you could have been um pokey and zappy at this point or you could have been bitey and zappy or bitey and pokey but the game will kind of push you in the direction it wants you to go by putting puzzles there that you can only solve with zappy or only solve with pokey yeah yeah, and there was a good a good chunk that I didn't use uh, Bitey at all. Yeah. Um, I just ran through a bunch with Zappy and Pokey. And you end up making your way through the swamp. And I thought it was interesting that in the second half of the game, like, they introduced three new characters. You know what I mean? It's like they waited and didn't really space them out. Because you, you get Zappy, and then you make it through the swamp, and boom, you meet Roly. Yeah, and Roly, I think, was kind of like... I'm trying to figure out if I felt like she was more like a um, armadillo or a roly poly bug. So she's like kind of like a cross between both of those. But her special yeah. ability was she's able to roll up into a ball. And when she's in this ball, she can break rocks that are standing in your way. And she can um, just roll through enemies. So if you're rolled up, you can't be yeah. hurt. But she can't jump when she's in a ball. And her movement is a lot more like um, pokey than bitey or zappy. So yeah, she's also very, very sl- slow and prodding, slow prodding and can't jump very high. Yeah. Um, so you end up using her a lot of times to clear paths and then you'll switch to one of the other ones to go and activate the mushrooms so that like this jump now has a little mushroom platform for her to walk across mm-hmm. or something because she ain't jumping that motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so you meet her at the very end of the swamp and then you move into the forest cave where you really start to use her a lot to get through certain areas. Yeah. And then my favorite character came out and, and that was Glidy. Yeah. And Glidy's the bomb, man. I love Glidy. That, dude, when I, when it got to that point where you had, you know, all your characters and you're trying to make your way through the canopy Glidy came in handy. Like Glidy stayed in the party. You had to swap between all the other ones to get mm-hmm. to certain spots, but like Glidy was essential there at the end. Yeah, because Glidy's special ability is he could jump on your other character's shoulder and then you could control that character and glide with that character. So Glidy was able to like clear huge gaps with characters like Rolly that otherwise wouldn't have been able to get across, but he can carry them across. So his whole thing is being a transportation system for the other characters and having the best movement in the game. Yeah. And there were defined sections in this last area where it was like, all right, you can just look and tell you're going to need glidey and bitey because you can see the nuts. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you get through that area. And in the next area, you see that there's a bunch of those golden mushrooms. So you're like, all right, so you switch bitey over to zap. Yeah, Zappy. But it's like, 
at no point did I ever switch glidey out because I was constantly having to do the like grab them by the shoulders and glide them across the big, yeah, the big areas and stuff. And this is where like there were a couple areas where I had to. This is where I started having to be like, all right, let me look at this for a second. So, all right, so I'm going to need to put him there and okay, I see how to do it, you know, and. Because yeah, there were also sections where you had, um, like you said, with Bitey, where Bitey had the nuts hanging across so he could get all the way across, but Glidey couldn't glide across it all by himself. So you had to put, like, Bitey in the middle, then glide across with Glidey, grab the tail, and then he could make it all the rest of the way across. Yeah. The one that I think me and you were both thinking of the same one, where there was, like, fucking 15 yeah. nuts across that long log. And I was like, all right, so which one do I need to get him on to where I glide? to the middle and then I can glide to the other side. And that took me a few glides. Uh, I missed it the first two times. I knew like I had bitey in the right spot, but it was like, I didn't swing enough or something to mm. get the good glide and I would miss and I'm, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> but eventually got it. But the cool thing about failure, even in this game is like, it just takes you right back to the checkpoint. And I don't think it's too stingy with the checkpoint. So if you die, you just go back to the previous one. And I think they were spaced out fairly well to where you didn't have to redo this whole huge section again, just to get back to where you were. Yeah. Yeah. The, the checkpoints were very well spaced. Um, especially like if, if there was a really hard, if they knew that it was going to be like a challenge, there was usually a checkpoint within like five feet of that. So, yeah, you just popped up, then you could immediately try again. And sometimes you'd luck out, and the enemies that you hit with the spikes or whatever would still be fucked off. So you, so you could quickly try to run through again before they spawned. And another thing that I think was a really good decision in this game was there's not a life system. So you're not playing a game, and if you run out of lives, you have to game over and start from the beginning. No, there's no lives. So you just go back to the previous checkpoint and go from there. Like, every time. You don't have to worry about game overing ever. I didn't even realize that when I was playing through, but yeah, you're right. That that is a fucking that's nice because it would have sucked to have to start a level all the way over. Yeah, but being able to just keep keep get you know keep chipping away at it as you go like that's really cool and that might be a cool design for like maybe younger like a younger audience who like they don't get super frustrated because it's you know so that that could be a a cool thing for younger kids, which this this would be like in my opinion like a kid's first platform game with like mechanics yeah this wouldn't be a bad choice to be like all right yeah check this out if you like this then we can bump you up to something a little more difficult but yeah i agree with this i think it's a good level of difficulty without being too challenging or too easy so i think uh, yeah i agree and then it all culminates in the the falcon elm i'll call it a boss even though you don't really fight the bosses like you're kind of just dealing with what they're throwing at you and the Falcon Elm boss really makes you use everybody to make your way up to the, the very top. And this is where, like, this one, this is the area that took me the longest, probably, because there were a few areas where that fucking wind uh, that the boss would blow the at you. The wind and the birds. Oh, yeah, and, and the birds. And uh, timing the dragonflies right. And then, uh, which, yeah, so sometimes there are dragonflies or like the big rhinoceros beetles mm -hmm. that you can hop on them on their back. They don't hurt you, but you use them to then get to somewhere else. Like the dragonflies might fly you up. Yeah. Or the, uh, the roly poly, not roly poly, um, the rhino bug might help roly get up on its back and then be able to jump and get to a vine or something. Yeah. And this falcon elm was the final boss of the game. And I have to say that I'm a little disappointed in it. Because I didn't think it was anywhere near as well designed as the Goliath Trout boss. Because I thought that one was fantastic. I thought this one was a little bit more 
just kind of throwing random garbage at you that didn't feel like a good challenge. Just kind of felt like, well, here's something you have to deal with. It's not necessarily fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I get that. I get that. Cause it was a lot like just, you know, between the wind and then it throwing lightning at you and then all of the birds you have to avoid. It was like, it, it wasn't as, uh, clean mm-hmm. as that first, that first one. Yeah, for sure. And I don't also don't think it made use of all the characters as well as some of the other stages, because honestly, in this boss fight, I spent most of my time just with Glidey and Bitey, because they're the best moving yep. characters in the game. And I don't even know if I used Rolly at all in that final boss. Uh, You know, I don't remember. I think, for some reason, I remember there might have been like one or two rocks that I broke, but it, that would have been it. I think there it was yeah, mostly been. Bitey and Glidey that I used. Um, I know there was a couple parts you had to shock in the beginning, but like mm-hmm. once you got to that, that final stage of that boss... Yeah, it was all glidey and bitey. And then once you get to the end, it's like, that's it. Yep, it's the end. You get get credits, and it feels good because you beat the game. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, One thing I did want to bring up is the name of the achievements. Uh, Some of them are fantastic. Um, When you meet Pokey, you get an achievement called Be a Pokey-Mon Master. Um, When you meet Roly, this is how I Roly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, when you defeat the Goliath Trout, you get my neighbor Troutoro, which is hilarious. Uh, and then it's coming right for us was one that made me giggle too, which I got on accidents when you shoot an enemy off screen yeah. with your spikes. <laughs> I thought there were some other really funny ones too. Like, um, there's one called 1.21 gigawatts, which you get for zapping yourself in the, um, swamp, which is definitely 100% a reference to back to the future. Oh yeah. And sure. then. This one kind of made me laugh. It's dorky. If you like a uh, uh, brain work, please. Arrested Development. One of the if you get all the essence in the game because there's collectibles called Motes and Essence. If you get all the essence of the game, it's like there's always essence in the banana stand. Yeah. <laughs> I was wondering what that was from. I saw that. I didn't get that one, but I I was like, always essence in the banana stand. What is that? Yeah, it's an Arrested Development reference. I got you. I do like that. I uh, I think you and I both collected all the moats and we got Motorhead. Yeah, <laughs> it was definitely really? harder because there's two collectibles in this game, like we were saying, moats and essence. I don't think they actually do anything other than exist just to be collectibles in the game because I didn't notice it changing anything gameplay wise. No, it made me wonder if maybe the ending changes if you gather all of it, but it didn't seem like it gave much room for it to be different. Yeah, agreed. So, like, like I said, we both found all the moats. We didn't find all the essence. And I'm not sure, I'm kind of wanting to go back and look at one of them, because I remember there was a stage that it felt like I couldn't get to some of the essence, but when I was thinking back on it, it was an early stage where you were, before you'd gotten anybody but Pokey, but the the essence looked like it was hidden behind like one of the boulders that yep. um, mm-hmm. um, Roly could break, so I wonder if you can go back to those levels with all the characters now to find some of those. I, I had that same thought. I had that same thought. I wonder if you can go back in the chapters. Mm-hmm. and use everybody because yeah there there totally is i remember specifically there being a pile of boulders with a thing behind it and i'm like well how the fuck would you get through that because you can't bite through that yeah okay so you're with me on that so i'm glad yeah. we both noticed that so now i kind of want to go back and i'll say this right now this game is worth going back to like the thing about this game to me is it was extremely relaxing to play like the ambience and music of it kind of was just all like kind of chill and did not stress me out in the least. It was just a game that you can go to and relax and play, and I think it's a really good time for that. Yeah, dude, and for four ninety nine, 
when it's not on sale. Like that's the normal price for the game is four ninety nine. Yeah, fucking well worth that. And and you brought up the uh, the music and stuff. It didn't jump out to me, Mm-mm. but it fit the game well that's exactly what i have in my notes so the sound design fit in the game but didn't stand out that's exactly what i have written in my show notes (laughs) oh well there you go uh yeah because it was just like like you said it was very relaxing it fit but it wasn't something that like i would put on be like oh this is a banger but (laughs) like if i found the creevers soundtrack and i was doing something and just wanted like some lo-fi ambience in the background there you go but then i just want everything i was looking at to be bioluminescent yeah right yeah, so it's kind of a thing. So I think the best part about this game was definitely the aesthetic, the look of everything. It was beautiful, crisp, and just a great thing to look at. Like I said, the sound design fit in but didn't stand out. The, another thing that I thought was extremely good about this game is each character felt special. Because when you got a different character, they all felt different. There wasn't a lot of overlap. Like, yeah, they might have controlled similarly, but like um, Pokey and Rolly were different enough mechanically that they did not feel like the same character. So I feel like they did a really good job of character design. And as weird as it sounds, it's like each of the little characters, they don't talk, but they each have a little personality. Mm-hmm. Like if you let them stand there for a minute, one might start dancing. Yeah, Gladi loved the other to one, dance. <laughs> like one, one guy will kind of like hum to himself. Um, I did laugh that Zappy is the only one that has a voice that sounds human. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> all, all of them sound like, and, and then Zappy's like, huh, yeah, yeah. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's funny i didn't fuck? even think about it that way but you're absolutely right <laughs> now when we first started talking about playing this uh it sparked a memory in my head of a game that i played called the undergarden uh back on ps3 and you got to witness in real time me remember that game google it see it was on steam flip out and buy it for a dollar and 79 or something like yeah that. i was like oh it's on steam i know just because you felt like that made me kind of want to pick it up too so i might be looking at that one in the future as well especially if it's similar enough to this one that yeah well the look the visual is similar uh the undergardens uh, it's a it's a completely it's a game made to relax it's kind of like that game abzu where it's like the game's really pretty but there's no enemies. Uh, like you okay. don't have to worry about that. You don't have to worry about dying. Like your job is to go through these areas and pass by these flowers and make them all bloom and stuff, which they're all bioluminescent looking, just bright, beautiful colors. And yeah, I told you how I played it. And yeah, it was a, uh, it was a really, it was like, Whoa, dude game. <laughs> so <laughs> dude, if there's one uh, thing I would like, like to see in this game, and it didn't wouldn't even have to be like the main game mode. I wish that there was like a bonus mode or something like where you could have two players in this game. So say me and you wanted to play, you could be Pokey and I could be Bitey and we could play through those first levels together. And instead of dude, how awesome would that have been? That have been that have been a blast. Now I know this that game was really made fun. back in 2011, so it was a little bit different time. But I love the unique idea of playing as both characters like we did. But it'd been really cool if they also implemented a two player mode where you could play it like that too. Yeah, we should uh, we should start a hashtag. Hashtag give us Creavers too. Hashtag co op. I would definitely play Creavers too. <laughs> I really would. Yeah, I would too, man. This this impressed me enough that you know if they could. Okay, so let's use Portal as an example. Now I know that's far beyond, but let's like you know the first Portal was almost like a proof of concept, and then Portal Two was like the game. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like I could see that this Creavers if he took this idea that he had. Or they had, I don't know who, you know, did the game themselves, but like they took this like, game idea 
and then fleshed it out, released a two, made it co-op ability. Dude, it could be a really, really cool platformer. And, you know, if you could um, capitalize on newer graphic engines and things like that for, like, the PS5 and mm-hmm. new gra- graphics cards with that bioluminescence, bro, you could have a fucking art piece of a game. Yeah, and it looks like this um, stu- indie studio is still out there. They're called uh, Muse Games. They're an independent game development studio in New York City. And what they say they're doing now is they focus on boundary-pushing co-op gameplay and AI Boundary pushing co-op gameplay. They need to bring back Creavers and give us that boundary pushing co-op gameplay. Um, it looks like they most recently put out a game this year in September called Ember, which looks like it's a firefighting video game. So, hmm. yeah, they're still out there. So hopefully, hey, if you guys over there at Muse Games happen to hear this, give us Creavers too with co-op. Yeah, dude. Do it. Pretty please. <laughs> with some sugar on top. Right. And... and- and you could even like bring back the same characters or, I mean, expand on them, like whatever. But like, I just want more. Yeah. Straight up. And I'll, I'll, uh, I want to look at some of the other games released by them because I, like, like you said, like we've been talking about, we both really enjoyed this. They did a good job. I would like to see if that carries over to some of their other games that they've released. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Good stuff, man. Like, I would really like to play more. I'll, I will play more of this. I'm just not sure when <laughs> but it's definitely gonna be one of those games i go back to to relax it's kind of like i'm putting it in the same boat for me as a game like nights into dreams where it's one that i'll go back to occasionally but i'm not going to be completely obsessed over you know yeah yeah totally i i had the thought when i finished it and the credits were rolling i was like i could see myself going back to this just to get the rest of the achievements yeah because i think i had like two or three that i didn't get yeah there's two left that i don't have and one of them is for collecting all the essence in the game, which I wonder if, like you said, you have to go back now that you have all the characters and you can unlock the stuff just by going into this individual stages. I kind of really want to go back and try that out now. And the other achievement I didn't get, um, hold on, was called I Has a Flavor, which apparently you have <laughs> to bite all of the different enemies in the game with bitey so there's a bird a bat a squirrel a reptile a frog and a monkey so if you bite all of them apparently you get this achievement (laughs) (laughs) i know i bit a monkey because i switched to bitey and ran back some in a level to go back and bite a monkey (laughs) just because i was i don't know why but i just had this like thing in my head to go back and do that yeah i think the one that i must be missing is probably the reptile if i were to guess if i'm only missing one because i don't remember playing as bitey too much in those sections of the swamp i would generally just use zappy there i don't know if i ever bit a bird either but i think i might have just shot spikes at him but i could be misremembering but also if anybody's a streamer and you listen to this this game is completely beatable in one stream absolutely if you wanted to do a two or three hour stream and play this game, you could knock it out. And I think your, I think your viewers would enjoy it at least aesthetically. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's um, really good. Really fun. Really pretty. Definitely would be fun to have on stream, especially if you are into that kind of visual. Yeah, for sure. Uh, other things that I want to touch on here at the end real quick, sir, we've been kicking some ass at phasmophobia. Oh dude. Yeah, absolutely. Like we've been playing a lot lately. Like a little bit, yeah. a little bit so much it's irresponsible. Staying up till three a.m. playing Phasmophobia <laughs> is probably not the best for my sleep. But 
It's been really fun, man. We're up to uh, the professional difficulty, and we don't seem to be having too terrible terribly like much of a problem with it i mean there's been some some instances of only one person being left alive but yeah it was been really fun because like willie being out sick lately it's been just like kind of like me you and dave and i know last night we had a big group like grim and um jeff were playing as well but like it's been mostly like me you dave and willie have been kind of the grindy boys on it yeah <laughs> Yeah, we're all like in level seventies and eighties and nineties now and stuff. It's it's been it's been a really good time, dude. And just I don't know, there's something about like just hanging with your buds, you know, playing a game. But then like all of you are progressively getting better at it, so you can bump the difficulty up. And then you like the scares back because now there's shit like, ooh, what's gonna happen now? But then you get better at it, and then you can bump the difficulty up. You know, like, it's cool. It's cool learning together. Like, I really enjoy co-op games with some good friends. Yeah, because there was a time where we were scared to bump up anything past amateur on that game. And now it's just like, yeah. I don't even want to play amateur anymore. Because now that just feels like the ghosts aren't really out to get you on amateur now, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There was one we did. I think it was with Willie last night because he played one or two before he went to sleep because he wasn't feeling great. But um, we did amateur. And I think we figured out the ghost before we ever even saw it. I think we almost figured it out before the um, time before the hunt could start even wore out. Yes. <laughs> it was great, but the uh, bumping it up to professional has been good. Um, now, I, w- I will say just real quick that uh, I did think, oh, yeah, me, Dave, and Nate, well, we can handle professional in the prison, just us three. I was wrong, but uh, it, <laughs> it was still fun. I got the shit scared out of me in that one. Uh, so yeah, It was hilarious because like we got me and Dave got murdered so fast and Dalton, bless his heart, kept trying. <laughs> but me and Dave eventually just found like the shower in the game because like the ghost had turned on the shower and we just kind of stood in the shower together for a while. It was funny. <laughs> Yeah, I was I was doing my best, man. I went in there with the handheld camera, and I'm holding the video camera, trying to look for orbs. And then I saw my breath, and I was like, "All right, freezing temperatures." And I ran out, and I was like, "What can I figure out from just freezing temperatures?" Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going back in there. <laughs> oh man, yeah. This other stuff I have written down, I'll touch on next week because okay. this is just a short little episode. Um, I do want to give a, a quick shout out. Well, hey, to uh, but what would you? Oh, what kind of rating would you give to this game? Oh, oh man, you know what? Yeah, yeah. Don't forget, man. Oh man, yeah. I don't want to. Uh, I would give this a solid like seven point five eight nuts out of ten. Yeah, I'm absolutely right there with you. I think it's a good eight glides out of ten zappies awesome yeah because i mean it's not it's not gonna like change the world but again like you drop five bucks on a game and you you expect meh and this gives me a lot more than meh so i was i was really really happy with it and i know you guys might yell at me for saying that you know i give this game a higher score than like what i did for um ubermash but you know we all have our genres of choice and (laughs) platformers this works for me really really well and to uh to cop a phrase from Metal Jesus, shout out Metal Jesus Rocks on YouTube. Uh, this is a hidden gem, mm-hmm. uh, in my opinion, on Steam because there's a flood of shit on Steam. People might overlook this game a thousand times, but like, if you were to just give it a shot, it's it's really quite fun. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I'm gonna go in and give this a nice rating on Steam just to help them get that number up for them because i think it's really good and i would like to see more people play it and i highly disagree with the other reviews out there that say the controls are bad i don't know what these people are on 
Yeah, it makes me want to try to play through with the keyboard and maybe see if that's what they're talking about because they can't be talking about controller because it was flawless. Yeah. It really was. <laughs> and like, yeah, like, and I think you even touched on it. That like, it was responsive. Like, when you, mm-hmm. they did what you wanted them to do. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know if there was a patch or something that might have came out and fixed something like that, but I don't know, man. It, it worked that, for me. That's a possibility, but even still. Like, I don't know. I've just learned the internet likes the pitch. Yeah, no, no joke, <laughs> dude. No joke. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I want to give a, uh, a shout out to our wonderful Patreon subs with an extra special shout out to Nate Cogsworth, the 7th of Juniper, Jeff, the original Expendable, Old Jeffy Lube, Arisa Adam, shout out to his podcast, Revival and Extinction, and DC Smokedown. You guys rock. Appreciate you guys. Hell yeah, y'all are the best. Especially that first guy you said. I hear he's really cool. Yeah, man, that Sir Cogsworth. Yeah, he's 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 pretty fucking cool, man. Uh, next week we're gonna be doing Full Throttle Remastered back on track. Um, I'm already about halfway through it. I really enjoy it. I think, like I said, I'm gonna try to uh, stream it sometime this week. I might start it over because now that I know the puzzles, it might be pretty quick to get back to where I'm at. But uh, I've been really, really enjoying it. And I look forward to that. Yeah, um, I haven't started it just yet, but I did see that it's free on the Xbox Game Pass that you can have yeah. on that I have on my PC that I've never redeemed my free trial of. So I'm about to play that game for free this week. <laughs> Boom! And that's always the best is when you get it for freemium. Yes, sir. Oh man. Um. So if you'd like to come join our Discord, which I highly suggest you do, because I am way more active on there than I am on Facebook. And Twitter, as far as the show accounts go, uh, I try to be more active on everything, but I am always on Discord. Um, and you can get to that by going to bit.ly slash TSMP Discord, all capital letters. Um, and if you want to uh, check out our Patreon, which I, I personally highly suggest <laughs> that you do, um, $1 a week will get you your episodes early. And uh, also, I, I do like a music podcast every now and then where I just play songs and kind of talk about how much I like the bands and like if I've seen them little stories things like that um, and that is pa- patreon.com slash the steam machine podcast uh, let's see you want a cool ass shirt you want a cool steam machine podcast shirt or shoes or pants or underwear or a wallet or any kind of weird shit that does on threadless uh, you can get it at tsmpproductions.threadless.com and to wrap all of that into one nice little bundle, if you want links to pretty much everything I just mentioned, plus Nate's Twitch, which I'm going to have him plug in a second, uh, you can go to bit.ly slash the Steam Machine Podcast, and you just capitalize the first letter of each of those words. Boom. There's our website. There's links to all kinds of stuff that we do, and our episodes are on there if you so happen to just want to listen to them in an internet browser. Nate, my good sir. Tell the people where they can find you on social media. Hey, you can find me on the three T's, Twitch, TikTok, and Twitter, um, at Turtle Bear Man. Just doing my retro gaming stuff. Been kind of crushing it lately at Speedrunning Predator. I have a, a new best personal best time of 16 minutes and 53 seconds, which is within yeah. 30 seconds of world record now, so I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> yeah, buddy. Keep at it, man. You got that shit, son. Ooh. Um. Go and check him out for sure. Uh, I have two recommendations this week. Uh, There is a song that I cannot get out of my fucking head by a band called Alien Weaponry, and the song is called Kai Tangata. Uh, Alien Weaponry is a New Zealand band. 
they uh, sing in Mau- ancient Maori language. I think I talked about this last week on the episode. Um, it's really good. Kai Tangata cannot get that song out of my head. I highly recommend it. And um, there is a podcast that I would like to recommend that if you like the music that I make, um, my uh, electronic stuff as Under Nile the Nightmare, which you can find on Bandcamp. Yeah. Um, there's a podcast that I had found probably back in 2016 or so, 2015. Um, it's called Communion After Dark. And each week there are these like three or four DJs that spin playlists. Um, and this is how I've I found out who Kanga is. I really like the uh, Kanga. She's a ED, uh, not EDM, but she's like an electronic music and a singer. Does really good stuff. Uh, I found the band Priest from that podcast. So much stuff. My my buddy used to say, "Okay, it's just a gothic vampire music podcast," and I'm like, "Yes, that is exactly what it fucking is," and I love it. So if you're into the goth goth music or you know just the trancey wonderfulness, check out Communion After Dark. Uh, I think they release every week. It's good shit. Do you uh, do you have anything you'd like to recommend to the people? Any last words before you walk the flank, Lottie? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, nothing too huge to recommend this week, but. Like we were talking about them a little bit in our um, Patreon section. Go join the Patreon. Um, check out my buddy um, Usurper Grim on Twitch. He's an awesome dude, and he's been doing a lot of Symphony of the Night randomizers lately, which has been really cool to see. So I think y'all dig him as well. Yeah, Usurper Grim on Twitch. He's the man. Uh, Grim, he you he you'll see him every now and then in our in our Discord. Um, I know he's you'll if you're in the Tadpog Discord. Shout out Tadpog Tower and Dave play old games. Uh, You'll, you'll probably catch Grim more so in there. But he does pop in ours every now and then and uh, show, shows us his pretty face. In fact, uh, I believe he is now rated into somebody that I don't know who it is. So that'll be interesting whenever we end this to like, find out who this person is. But uh, on that note, next week, Full Throttle Remastered. Uh, yeah, go buy Creavers, four ninety nine. It's fucking fantastic. Oh, yeah. uh, for, for Nate, I am Dalton. As always, guys, take it easy. Take it easy.